Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Taylor Rapp, former Washington Husky defensive back, and you are tuned in to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Welcome back. Episode 34 of the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. I am here with my co-host, Bennett, as always. Yeah, what's up? Hey. Uh, we'll get into the prior-to-game information on our Seattle Seahawks. Chris, Chris, Chris Carson, Ethan Pochich, and Shaquille Griffin all had returned to practice on Tuesday after the trio had missed at multiple games, and they would all return in this game. Uh, safety Jamal Adams stated that he had been playing with an injured shoulder, which had been getting better. Uh, and just a little quick note, what can we expect, do you think, from Jamal Adams going forward with this, this season? Obviously, something that sort of was highlighted was that one play in the Rams game where he didn't necessarily tackle uh, Daryl Henderson Jr. And people were kind of like, oh, you know, people gave up two round, two sec- first-rounders for this. I mean, do we see – obviously, we saw a little bit of it in tonight's game. But do you think we'll see continued improvement from Jamal Adams here going forward? Yeah, I mean, uh, Pete Carroll himself even said he was basically playing with one arm. Hard to do. Um, this whole, I don't know why, it's not even the media, it's like the, the the zeitgeist of sports has suddenly started to go after him. Mm. Probably because it was such a blockbuster trade for the Seahawks and um, a lot of NFL meme pages who have like the hottest takes and the worst takes of all time. Usually. Yeah. Uh, have been going after him for just about no reason. But I think, uh, well, okay, of course this game's indicative of what we're going to see out of him. But even before then, I'd say that we'll see him play better in open field tackling. We'll see him play better in coverage, hopefully. I mean, uh, and also I think he's just... Jamal Adams is what he is, and you're not going to change entirely how he plays, and he's kind of a blitzer. He's a little Mm -hmm. bit of a pass rusher or safety. Is that uncommon yeah that's a pretty uncommon thing but do you take it because he put up six and a half sacks on the season so far absolutely he's not like blowing numbers out in the yahoo but he's got good skills and he's um he's still developing his game uh let's see he's been in the league for what three years now maybe four so three three years since 2017 so he's not, like, a veteran. He's played for as long as, oh, I don't know, Shaquille Griffin. Oh, geez, you're right. So he's still developing his game. He's not, like, a cemented player yet. We're only going to see him get better, which is why we should sign him to a larger deal. Mm. So, I mean, he's good. He's only going to get better. We'll see his passing, uh, his pass defense grow as he grows as a player. I'm more excited about him than I am... Uh, scared about how he develops. I'm I'm happy that we have him on our team. Which, right? You bring up a good point, which I didn't know he'd only been in the league since 2017. So yeah, I mean it's not like the guy's you know a five year veteran, six year veteran. You know he's still, you know, he's still learning. You know, and he's so. a proven he's a proven talent. Oh yeah. So, uh, I'd say the people who are hyper criticism or hypercritical of him. A little baseless. Uh, he had that one bad game against the Bills, and then yeah, you know, I mean, you go against a guy like it's a strong safety covering Stephon Diggs, Diggs. and Stephon Diggs is Stephon Diggs. Like, come on, and Stephon Diggs is probably one of the top ten wide receivers in the NFL. Period. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So uh, just I, in fact, I'd say really the only guy I can think about, or the only couple guys I can think about ahead of him, were like Tyree Kill, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, who has slowed down extremely after his miracle catch. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, you can't fault him for that. I mean, he's been having a monster season. But 
It's just like I I don't. It's, it's like knee jerk. I'd say almost. It's, it's like completely knee jerk. Anytime you include first rounders in a tra- in a trade or lack thereof with that uh, DeAndre Hopkins trade, it's going to be under a microscope. You know, so I'm sure people weren't we're not even at you know we're technically not in December yet. Um, I say that barely, you know, barely, but uh, you know. So it's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. Um, and, you know, Louis Riddick, who I don't really like, um, and he's actually – he was a scout for the Eagles in 2008, so that, you know, I didn't, I didn't like the commentary tonight. But um, he made a good point. He's a disruptor, and that's really important, uh, having a defensive player who can just kind of disrupt an offense, especially in this sort of league. Uh, well, not everything was how it was back in the day when people would just run the ball. I guess that's kind of the Pete Carroll offense, but or it used to be. But you know, it's it's yeah, like I said, it's ridiculous. Um, Chris Carson was taken off the injury list part of the game. Eagles backup quarterback Jalen Hurts was said to be taking increased first first team reps, which didn't really end up meaning anything. Uh, and the Eagles announced a couple big starters would not be playing in this game. Zach Ertz did not return off of IR. And starting right tackle Lane Johnson was a game, a game time inactive. Uh, and the Seahawks game time inactives were right tackle Brandon Shell. Kind of important to see him uh, down the stretch or not in this game and just going to see how severe his injury is. Uh, defensive end Jonathan Bullard, cornerback Lyndon Steffens, guard Jordan, Jordan Simmons, and running back Travis Homer were all not active for this game. So, uh, first quarter, there were no points in the first quarter. Game kind of started out really just slow. And as Ben and I talked about prior to this game, it, uh, I'll leave that comment to later because we have actual scores to go through. Uh, the Seahawks were up on the scoring in the second quarter uh, with Russell Wilson throwing a fade route, which we really don't see much in this NFL at all anymore. Of all people, to David Moore uh, to put the Seahawks up 7 nothing. Uh with 10.56 to go in the second quarter. Uh, with 5.27 to go before the half, Chris Carson, returning off that injury list, would run 16 yards for a touchdown in his return uh, to put the Seahawks up by two touchdowns, 14 to nothing. Carson Wentz would find his tight end and uh, really his only reliable target at this point. Uh, Gallus, Dallas Goddard from three yards out with 12 seconds before the half, but their kicker, Jake Elliott, would miss the extra point to give the Seahawks a bizarre 14 to six advantage going into the halfway point of the game. It seems like whenever we play Philadelphia, things kind of get weird um, <laughs> and it, it, it would just kind of continue. Um, the third quarter would feature only two field goals. So if you're a kicker, you probably like that uh, with Jake Elliott of the Eagles hitting a 42 yarder with seven through three in the, to go in the third quarter and Jason Myers from 44 yards out with two six to go in the third, giving us the score of 17-9, to nine, which we saw twice when we beat the Eagles twice last season. It's still kind of hard to wrap my mind around. 17-9 uh, going into the fourth. Jason Myers would add two more field goals with 11-08 in the fourth. And so if you like Jason Myers, if you have him in fantasy, it was a good night for you. Uh, and then his other field goal would come with 113 to go in the game to put the Seahawks up 23-9. Sort of, you know... I'll now say my comment throughout the game, it, to me at least, and I think Bennett agreed with me on this, the game just felt slow. You know, normally there are game, parts of the game where, obviously with these Seahawks, you know, fourth quarters, second half, they're always exciting. There's something going on, whether it's good or bad. Um, 
but this game just I didn't really you know there wasn't really too much excitement obviously somebody who didn't necessarily show up on the scoreboard but in yardage DK Metcalf uh, which I'll get to stats here in a second uh, had some big plays but you know it just kind of felt like a easygoing game I guess you know I don't know how safe it is to say that but it's I don't know it was just kind of a sluggish game sluggish game for the offense in general and just sluggish kind of on the scoreboard Uh, and I say that and then I'll get to our last score of the game when with 12 seconds left in the game Carson Wentz would launch a prayer from 33 yards out into the end zone it would be batted down uh, directly into the right hand of Richard Rodgers who was on the receiving end of a Green Bay Hail Mary from Aaron Rodgers on a Thursday night game a few years back in Detroit um, to give the the Eagles their first touchdown of the game. Um, and Miles Sanders would run in the two-point conversion, but then the onside kick would go straight into DK Metcalf's big hands, and it would give us the final score of Seattle 23, Philadelphia 17. As I said, just kind of weird game from – all the field goals to some of the penalties that were given out. It was sort of chippy in the first quarter. Um, And even I didn't know about this until a few minutes ago, Jim Schwartz, Jim Schwartz of the Philadelphia Eagles defensive coordinator, former (laughs) Detroit lions coach made a wonderfully interesting comment to our DK Metcalf. He said, I was in Detroit with Megatron. You're not on his level, which to his point, DK Metcalf is still young. He's in his second year. You know, and he's got some drops that we've seen in this game. And, you know, he's got things to improve. And that's not not a bad thing, you know. But to go and say that to an opposing receiver before the game, I don't know if you're if you're Jim Schwartz, you're trying to get in his head, you think you're a tough guy. But that was just kind of bizarre because then DK Metcalf would go and uh, he's already topped his receiving career receiving mark once in the season. He topped it again. Yep. Uh, we'll just get into stat leaders. Uh Obviously, DK Metcalf, I keep talking about him. 10 receptions, 170 yards, 77 yards, career high. No touchdown, sadly, though. Uh, Russell Wilson, 22 for 31, 230 yards and a touchdown. He was kind of it was kind of a game management type game. I mean, it didn't, like I said, wasn't very exciting, uh, which wins don't need to be exciting. I'm the first to say if you can win the game, I really don't care how it goes. Uh, I do care, but, you know, I'll take a win. Chris Carson had eight rushes. Uh, for only 41 yards and a touchdown. So, you know, good to see him get action uh, after being injured for a bit there. And he had the touchdown. I think I said that already. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, Jamal Adams, nine total tackles, six solo tackles, one sack and one tackle for loss. So, like I said earlier, kind of disrupting. It's, you know, it's good to have that disruption over the field when you can have a guy who can come down and play in the box, uh, especially for a team like this who's obviously had struggles with the pass rush. Uh, and the only turnover for Seattle would be Quandre Diggs had the one interception. Uh, the de- defense did sack Carson Wentz six times, so that was good to see. Uh, sort of similar to last uh, last year's regular season game. So let's just get to it. Uh, this is on the offensive side of the ball. What is going on with some of these play calls? Because there were the two f- uh, fourth down <laughs> plays uh, in the first. I believe they were both in the first half. Yeah. Um, it just didn't make sense. And then just some of the other play calls throughout the game, there was one series in the fourth where it was just three straight runs up the middle, you know, and that, oh, yeah. So, you know, and this, this kind of ties into my other question, uh, is there cause for worry with the passive play calling the second half, the Seahawks have always like for years. And as long as I've been paying attention, 
they get passive in the second half. They're like, eh, we're not really going to kick it into overdrive. We're not going to keep the pressure on. We're going to let them, you know, we're going to kind of calm it down. When, when mm, I'll let you answer it. So, you know, is, is there cause for concern with the way that the play calling has kind of been as we've moved on this season, as well as the play calling that happens in the second half of these games that we watch? Yeah, I think, well, maybe not concern, but it should be noted and it should be like, it's something you look out for because if you, when you start to play these teams like the Niners again and then Mm -hmm. the Rams, you're going to be in a position where you might only be up by five. You might only be up by four. You might only be up for by one point or two points in this last half. And you got to keep the gas going. We've seen them play this conservative when they're only up by two or three points. Yep. And it's not so ridiculous because there is, okay, and I'll say something controversial here, at least on our pod. I think there's merit to it, but not to the extent that you should be doing it every single game. I, I can see that. You know, when you're up by 10, like take, take the Arizona game, the first away game. I can kind of see, you know, you want to run the ball, you want to choose some clock. You know, but I feel like you have to have a little bit of, I don't, I hate using the the two words killer instinct because Stephen A, no, Skip Bayless uses it all the time and I hate Skip Bayless, but you got to kind of, you know, you got to, you'd want to score more points, I'd assume, right? You know, so especially like to your point when you've got, obviously I really hate undermining these teams now because of the way that this game was, but you know, Skip, ah, okay, just go to the Rams and the Niners games. Those guys, the 49ers are getting healthier. Okay, they got uh, Raheem Mostert back, you know, and they've got Debo Samuel on that team and Kendrick Bourne, and I don't know if George Kittle will be back by week 17. We'll see. But Arizona, or even the teams in the playoffs, not to undermine the Rams, but, you know, to think perhaps ahead, the teams in the playoffs, I don't know what's going to happen with the Saints. I don't know if it's just going to be Taysom Hill still or what. Taysom Hill, you know, Green Bay. God forbid Green Bay. I, mm, you know, just to some of these teams, they're they're gonna put up points, right? And if regardless if you get a lead, you got I, you you gotta keep building that lead because I mean we've seen leads get blown before in all sports yeah. and all all levels of the game from championship games to regular season games, you know. So that that that's my issue is I hate seeing those leads blown when it's oh, let's hand it off to Chris Carson three times in a row, you know? I mean, the Seahawks should be able to win a game like the uh, football, Washington football team, did over the Cowboys, 41-16. And you did better than most of the commentators nowadays. They always forget what the name is. Uh, How many points did they score in the last two quarters? 24 points. Jesus. And they were up 17-13 to at the half. If that was the Seahawks, they would have kicked, like, two more field goals and been like, all right, good game. All right, Jason Myers, get out there, you know? I mean, and, like, we saw it against Atlanta. We had Killer Instinct there, but we had Killer Instinct because they were chasing us. We shouldn't wait for the other team to chase us for us yep. to get our ass in gear again, quite frankly. No, yeah, I agree with that. It is ridiculous because you have a team that can keep the gas on. If you keep passing to DK Metcalf, who just put up an expose piece against uh, Darius. And it's not like they stopped him at any point in the game. He dropped he a couple they balls. Couldn't. You know, Darius Slay, who I've always think is a good corner, he 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 got drubbed. He did. He did. So, I mean, like he's a good. He is a good corner. You yeah. That. 
yeah, he's not a bad talent. He he is probably one of the top corners in the league. So he just didn't have – they just couldn't stop him, you know. Um, and, like, even Nikhil Robbie Coleman, who is, like, okay. He's a solid slot, you know. Um, shut down Tyler Lockett for most of the game, which, of course, opens opportunities for David Moore. Um, he, David, mm, I don't know about you, but he kind of looks sluggish out there. He like, looks sluggish today, but uh, I have a comment about that later. I want to okay. get the DK Metcalf. Right. You, you, you focus on DK. He put up 177 yards on uh, what? Ten catches. <laughs> ten catches. That's, yeah. That's like the I know football is a big. The, the average numbers are big. Like getting from 17 to 20 is big. But the dude's close to averaging 20 yards a catch. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. That does get padded by his 52 yard moonshot, but like. It is silly that you don't keep going after him in the third and fourth yeah. quarter. In that third and that third and fourteen we had when we ran it with Carson three times straight, I I was I was like, this is perfect. This is prime DK time. You throw it to him, mm-hmm. fourteen yards. You get the first. You seal the game. You're done. Um, I mean, we already did seal the game at that point. But yeah. One I mean... more touchdown wouldn't hurt. 27 to 17 feels a lot more comfortable than 23 to 17. I know that last Hail Mary touchdown meant absolutely Jack Philly squat. Even that tight end knew it. He didn't even celebrate. He just got up and kind of laughed because it, yeah. was, it was pretty funny. Um, but if you continue to throw to DK Metcalf, hell, if you even start to set up some Tyler Lockett, it helps you out a lot. Um, and uh, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. I think we get too cute in the later quarters. Yeah. I think we get too cute in the red zone, quite frankly, at least in the last two weeks. Um, I think David Moore's good name is getting besmirched by <laughs> some very interesting play calls. He yeah. is fast. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there's a reason they tap him for punt return. There's a reason they tap him for these certain calls. Oh, yeah. He's got speed. It's not um, like he doesn't. But, hey, the Eagles' D-line is not bad. No. So stop trying to run these push these uh, shovels and stop. Well, and it's yeah. Cute screens. I mean, he ended up with negative six yards on the day and that is not, I don't think that's his fault. I think that's shoddy. And his uh, stat line was really weird. He had three catches for negative six yards on the one touchdown. Yeah. And as long was the, his long was the touchdown. <laughs> He's a great utility wide receiver. And I think we should keep him for as long as we can, at least as long as he'd like to be here. Cause he could probably start for a team like the jets. Uh, he oh, started. Yeah but he could probably be like first or second string for a team like the Jets. But how he could be first or second string on the Eagles now that I think about it. Probably. But man, I wish we used him a little better. I think we're trying to get him to be kind of like a Tyreek Hill throw to him in the backfield, see what he can do. He's just oh, yeah. Guy. He's just not that guy. He's never going to be that guy. Um like especially when you have Tyler Lockett on your team who can already kind of do that type of stuff Stop now, it it, um, it is interesting though because you bring him up and I I, I want to see that push play used sometimes right but not necessarily in that situation or on the goal line you know it's there some of the play calls I like there was I think it was third and third and ten plus and they ran a running back screen, which I, I want to see more running back screen out of this team, but not necessarily in that situation. Like, first down, yeah, you know, these guys want to get pressure on you. Second down, maybe. Honestly, I mean, like, that push play, after DJ Reed's first punt return, uh, that push play would be perfect there. 
because mm. you can you can get them on their heels a little bit because yeah. it's their first time touching the field in a second. Uh, they're not exactly expecting you to do a push play on first and ten. I think that's a seven yard gain pretty instantaneously. And then even you can fake that and then you give it off it if you want to run that play, run the ball like you did. You know, right? It's yeah. Some of the play calls are not bad, but the situation is. You know? Yeah, the situational football is questionable at best. Yes, yeah. Um, you can get away with that against the Eagles. Sorry, Philadelphia. You have a bad team. You can yeah. get away with that against the Eagles. Um, so it's, yeah. But you can't get away with that, I'd say, even if you're playing like the Pats. I mean, the Pats mm-hmm. don't have the greatest record, but, I mean, you got Cam Newton across from you rather than Carson Wentz. And that's a little more scary. Uh, I could talk all night about how Carson Wentz is a terrible quarterback. <laughs> I, don't know why. I don't know what was with the commentary team this week. I trying, thought they sucked. I like, trying to I, be like, this isn't Carson Wentz's fault. Um, to some degree, I agree with, you know, because he's got a banged up line and they're having Jason Peters play like 100 positions and Lane right. Johnson didn't play. But some of the throws when he had clean pockets hey, were his fault, you know. That Jamal pick? Adams pick or Quandre Diggs pick? That was right to him. What like, the hell was that? You know, so <laughs> to no one. But... I don't know if it's agreed on by just me and Bennett and my parents, but the commentary just—I don't know what Lewis Riddick and Steve Levy and uh, Brian Greasy. I feel like Monday night. I don't know if it's just not a desirable. It's the ESPN commentators. Man. It just—it—it it hasn't been good for years. You and know, like. And... I, I like better than Aikman Buck, maybe. Uh, but that's not much to say. <laughs> I miss. I can't believe we're gonna say this. I miss when Elway, not Elway, when uh, oh sheesh, I can't remember who it was. There was oh Phil Sims was commentating. I'd something. almost take those guys. Um, yeah, those old school quarterbacks. I've got Elway and Sims confused. Um. But yeah, like them trying to make excuses for Carson Wentz's poor play was ridiculous because, hey, I mean, first off, the Seahawks' secondary is starting to get good. Let's just get that out of the way. I I, I think we can discuss that further later, but yeah. we are starting to get better on the defensive side of the ball, especially with the secondary. Uh, Bob Condota actually gave them, I think, their second highest grade of the year with a B plus. Wow. Uh, Wentz tossed 215 yards. That's not bad. Maybe it's bad for playing for Carson Wentz, but hey, 215 yards, especially when you subtract his uh, yards lost on sacks. I think we have him on like 100 and something yards, 41 yards lost, right? So um, I just think that we kind of real, you have to realize that 23 to 17, yeah, that's a win and we'll take a win. But you're also playing against Carson Wentz, who might be one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the league. League leading fifty interceptions, and league leading forty six sacks. Jesus, uh, six of which we hit. They're just not a good team. They're a bad know. team with a bad quarterback, and um, it seems like bad coaching. Really, it does. In a middle of the road defense, uh, maybe yeah. slightly towards the better side of the road. Uh, and you know, next week we play the Giants, who I think are primarily in the same situation. Uh, mm-hmm okay like shading towards maybe better quarterback but he might be hurt we'll see um because they pulled him twice yeah and he has a hamstring strain so he probably will miss some time 
And I mean Colt I, McCoy. Playing Colt McCoy, who I mean, I'd actually I don't know who I'd rather play if I'm honest with you, because Colt McCoy has some experience, and sometimes we just like lose to people like that. Well, it's playing down to their level, you know. Uh, That's what it was down. tonight too. Um, I just I think like looking forward. I don't know, I'm rambling now, but just like looking forward, I think that this is a team that needs to remember that like you're going to be playing playoff caliber teams soon. Mm-hmm. You're going to be in the playoffs soon. Let's get that straight too. I think we have a decent shot at making it to the playoffs because that wild card spot's looking nice and juicy for us. Or we'll get the division leader if we make it. So you need to you need to realize you're playing against these teams soon. Like the Packers, hopefully not in the first round. That'd be bad for us. Like the Bucks, like the Saints. So you need to start thinking about how you're going to play against those guys. You need to start showing that you can run with those guys. Not because it'll look good for the media. Not mm-hmm. because you want them to game plan for certain things. But because you want to instill that confidence. And you also want yep. not to prove it, but to, to play to that level always. I hate when we play down, dude. Mm-hmm. It's so obnoxious. And I think that, yeah, you're completely right. That's what we did tonight. It's just, yeah. I mean, when you look ahead, I mean, probably Colt McCoy. You know, and he's he does have his experience, but I mean, he's he's no who have you played in the past? You played Matt Ryan, Dak Prescott, um, Josh Allen. You know, it's just guys that Kyler Murray. I'm not gonna say Jared Goff because I I think he's a goof, Jared Goof. Jared Goof. Um, but you you've played these quarterbacks, so you should, and you've technically you've beaten them all except for Jared Goof to this point in the season. And you know. So, and Josh Allen, ah, mem- nightmares. Um, so it's just, it's, it's, it was disappointing tonight. I know it was a win, and I don't want, oh, I'm eight and three, and I'm complaining. But just knowing that you've got the talent on this team to play so much better, and you aren't, it, it's a little annoying, you know, when you're up by only uh, 10 or so. Yeah, and you just to say eh, three runs up the middle, you know, at least get a little creative. Run a, you know, jet sweep. I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, just some things that are just like, hey, you know, are we just not trying? Or we quote unquote air quotes right now saving things for the playoffs? Like you know, it's frustrating. And obviously, you've got these games to you know hopefully work that out. I would say almost, but it's. You got to pick it up a little bit. Got to pick it up a little bit, especially when you get to the Rams, who you really didn't show you could do too much against. I mean, I know you kind of had a better defensive effort in the second half, but they they get up for every game that they play against us. So, you know, and I'm sure that the 49ers will too. Oh, yeah, so, that's their Super Bowl. You know, it's uh, – don't know what's going on up there in the offensive play-calling booth, but, uh, you know, let's get back to what we're doing in the first half of the season. You know, a little bit. Because I keep seeing this thing where it's like, oh, let Russ cook? Not so fast. Time to go back to the run game. I'm like, well, that's stupid because you have a Hall of Famer in Russell Wilson and you want him to just hand the ball off to Chris Carson 30 times a game? No. And you've got like – ah, man, you're going to get me pop off again. Go ahead. you got like the future of your team sitting there. you got DK Metcalf who's 
probably the next in line to be Seattle's next superstar, if yeah. I'm honest with you. Oh, yeah. He already kind of is. Yeah. I mean, let's like Marshawn line. Uh, Marshawn and Russ shared that space together along with, I mean, Sherman, who was a person Along with that defense, yeah. Who was a personality within himself, who led the Legion of Boom so greatly. Um, I mean, I can't disrespect Sherman because he, I mean... Was He'll always be in Seattle history. Seattle legend. Uh, Cam Chancellor, of course, as well, along with the rest of Legion of Boom. Um, and then you kind of see all those guys leave, and you still have Russ. He's your guy. Yeah, you Bobby Wagner. He's your guy. Now we're seeing this new generation of DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Um, that's really it, honestly. Um, who's coming into their? I guess Jamal Adams, if we keep him, please God. Yeah. Because he's already become such a community favorite. I'm like thinking you gotta pay attention to these guys because these are your future. If you don't subscribe to the passing game maybe don't subscribe to let russ cook because let russ cook can be confabulated into saying oh russell gets to throw all game but yeah because people think that i really hate that because let's not sit there and throw the ball 60 times a game no it's letting him actually throw the ball and not this old school 1950 oh hand the ball off you know I i don't know if like Coach Carroll calls Coach Kohler before every game and says, hey, how do you want me to hey, call Hey, Coach, him? what are we doing today? Um, oh, God, I just called him Monty. I hope he doesn't listen Uh-oh. to this. Um, but, like, it is just so irritating that we run it up the gut when we have a guy like Russell Wilson, especially on first down right after a punt. That is one of my least favorite things we yeah. do. If I'm a defensive coordinator, I watch film and go, we punted? Oh, sell the run up the middle. Um, because we do it every time without fail and we always get stuff so I think that's probably what they're saying Um, it's like you have the future of the Seahawks in DK Metcalf even if Russell somehow leaves you still have DK Metcalf hopefully I mean I hope we sign him to a big deal he's going to get a big payday there's no way Uh, he doesn't and I hope he stays in Seattle for his entire career because I think he's one of those guys like Russell who can become like the Jerry Rice of the Seahawks That'd be nice. Well, to be fair, Jerry Rice did play for the Seahawks for a little bit. Yeah. But, um, like, I think he can be that guy. Yeah. You got to feed him now, though. You got to make sure he knows he has a cemented place. And there's so many politics. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, it's... it's Look at Antonio Brown. Well, look at Le'Veon Bell, who just has completely fizzled. Fallen off the face of the earth. Don't know how to use him. I'd hate for that to happen with DK Metcalf and Russell. Mm -hmm. That would just be terrible. It'd be gut-wrenching to watch these guys fall apart because they get teams that don't know how to use them. Um, so, yeah, I just, uh, you know, I the let Russ cook ideology, I mean, I subscribe to it, but if you don't subscribe to it, that's okay uh, because maybe you misunderstand it. Cause yeah, because like, yeah, like, yeah, like you say, it's not sitting there because I'm seeing now that, oh, since Carson's back, it's oh, Carson's, Carson is back, it's, oh, Time, you know, no more letting Russ cook. See how they run the ball. I'm like, no, it's like he, Chris Carson, leading Russia, ran the ball eight times. Is that you know, that's not (laughs) establishing the run. That is getting a healthy dose in. When you can run the ball and pass, that's called winning football. You know, when you've got, you can turn the ball and hand the ball off to a guy like Chris Carson. Yes, because what got lost in those losses was as much as I liked, I like him, and I think he's gonna do good. Hopefully as we continue on, and I don't really like having Homer, uh, DJ Dallas is not really a guy that you're going to turn and say, hey, I need you to pound the ball. He's not a big guy. He's not really proven to do that kind of thing. 
So in those losses against, uh, pardon me, Arizona, you know, and well, Arizona had Carlos Hyde there and he did get injured, but you know, in the game against in the bills and the help me out here, the Rams games more, you know, when those guys go down and you've got Travis Homer of all people and Alex Collins running the ball, they're going to know, Hey, this guy's going to throw the ball a lot. You know, it's, that's one dimensional football. And when you've got a secondary like the Rams and like the bills, it's kind of the worst case scenario. It's not like you're playing the Eagles. We're going to go on the Eagles. I don't really care. They were being stupid in the first half of the game, you know? So it's, it's a lot of the reason that I get mad and why I even part of the reason why I started this thing is because so many casual fans, I'm going to say it, casual fans will see things that they think is their knowledge of football. Like let Russ cook is letting him throw the ball every play. No, let's fix, fix your knowledge here. It's actually letting Russell use his full skill set. And I think part of that full skill set is letting him run the ball a little bit still, though we don't see that as much. And that's, that's to go back to off the situational play calling too, because they did run a read option. That was successful. They ran a second one that wasn't that good because they were just running the ball the entire time that second half. They ran a read option that worked because now, you know, when they know that Chris Carson's in, Chris Carson is in, I keep saying Carson's, uh, <laughs> or Carlos Hyde is in, they probably know, like you said, off the punt, they're probably going to run the ball. So why don't you let him take it? Even to your point earlier in the game when we were talking about it, why don't you let him run a draw every once in a while? You know, because he's, he's, not, he's not Tom Brady, okay? Yeah. He can run. I don't want to hear this thing. He's, he got heavier. He got married, and now he's bigger. He can still run the ball. I've seen it, you know? So it's, as you said, some people just don't necessarily understand it. That's okay. But let's not kind of throw it as this thing that people are dumb for saying it. No. You know, it's, it's ridiculous. And to kind of step into something, uh, we're talking about running the ball. Do you think the Seahawks get suckered into giving Chris Carson a huge payday? And I, I don't say suckered to say Chris Carson's bad. Okay. I say it because he wants, we've seen it over the off season. He, he wants a really big contract, like a Dalvin cook contract and Dalvin cook is over the moon, you know, and Chris Carson, we've seen him. He's a, he's a productive guy and he's a compliment to this offense. He helps Russell Wilson because he runs the ball. He's a tough runner. And he can get those yards, you know. Um, and I don't hate the guy. I really don't. You know, I'm not a guy that's going to go out and bash him. No, I he, just, I don't be with the money he wants. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> I don't In know. In this house, I, we don't pay running backs. <laughs> I mean, we don't. I've seen, I'm not going to say he's on the same production level, but Carlos Hyde, Carlos Hyde does a good job. Carlos Hyde's a solid guy. I mean, you Carlos know. Hyde had a crappy game tonight, but, like, remember his game last week? Holy crap. So, you know, it's – it's. I mean, do we see them getting suckered in? I don't I – don't, I, I feel like – pardon my stutter. I feel like they look down the line and they see – like we talked about – was it last episode or two episodes ago? We talked about paying Carlos Dunlap and Jamal Adams. You're yeah. going to have to pay those guys, and at some point you're going to have to pay DK Metcalf. So I don't know. You've got to. Th- I I don't know. I'm kind of in the middle right now, because I don't know if part of that 
facility says pay him the way he wants. And part of him, part of that facility says, hey, we've got other priorities here. Can he take so-and-so money? And I've read about the free agency, uh, free agent class this upcoming offseason. There's some good running backs, but they've got all the running backs that are going to come up in this class have injury history. And that's part of the thing. I, like I said, I don't hate Chris Carson one bit. I think he's a solid runner. I think he's brought some of the toughness back that, you know, obviously Thomas Rawls was here and he kind of ran some guys over and he ran the ball well, but he couldn't stay healthy. And what did we see with him? Couldn't stay healthy, you know. Who else? Alex Collins, CJ oh. Procise. <laughs> okay, hold on. CJ Procise. <sighs> Can't what even. Could've... I don't want to compare anybody to CJ Procise because that's doing them dirty. Poor CJ Procise. Even Eddie Lacy. You know, there. Were, well, my point is there was a string of running backs that I just. I forgot we had that guy. Holy moly. Yeah, that was bizarre. JD McKissick was here and he did. He's doing good in Washington. Good for him. You know, he's a, no, no issue against him. Um, but just my point is the running backs that couldn't stay with this team and they couldn't produce consistently, you know. And, and I wish we kept Andy McKissick. Yeah, no, he was he was he's solid. good. He's good. You he's know. fast as hell. And yeah, I mean, I was watching the Eagles game from 2017, and he made a pretty good pass on yeah. a, a catch on a route that was basically a receiver route. So he can yeah. he can be a receiving threat. And I was really high on CJ Procise coming out of that draft. And I was really hoping we would have he would have been good. But you know. uh, dude just couldn't stay healthy. Yep. And that's the thing. That's that is my point. You know, health is gonna be something that matters, you know, and maybe some guys can't control it, but it, on some guys it's how they they uh how they eat, how they train, you know, how they take care of their bodies. We saw Russell Wilson earlier this year. He said he spends a million dollars on his body. You know? So <laughs> right. obviously uh, top athletes, you know, I think at some point you have to do that, but I don't know. I'm not a top athlete, obviously. I sit here and we've been in a pandemic. I've kind of sat on my behind. Um, but my point being, I'm, I'm neutral. I don't know if they will. I've seen guys get paid more, you know, uh, her cousins got like $80 million guaranteed. And, you know, so I, I don't know. What do you think? I uh, don't think, okay. I think the Seahawks are kind of in like a choose your own adventure right now. Because mm. you do have a lot of different routes you can go down. Carlos Hyde is route A for me. I think that's like the best for us. We can back him up with Penny in Dallas. Yeah, and, and Rashad Penny comes back, I believe. Um, We'll see. Yeah, he could be back to practice next week. That is right, right. So kind of gearing up towards playoffs. You know, so Um, I kind of forget about him. So you're right. I mean, he. I don't know. I was kind of null on him uh, for a bit, but he he showed me some things. So you know, it's yeah. I mean, before he was tragically injured last season, um, he actually he showed some promise in that in the game against the Eagles uh, (laughs) before he was hurt. I believe that's the game he got hurt in. Uh, I think, yeah, I think it was. Torres ACL. God, why do we play the Eagles so much? Um, They're the new Carolina. Yeah, seriously. I hope we move on to a team that's a little more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Doug Peterson runs one of the most boring football teams I've ever seen. Pride of Ferndale. Uh, Pride of Ferndale. I hope we play, like, I hope we play the Bucks more. If That'd be fun. That would be fun. Well, we played them last year. We did. We lost. No, we beat them in did overtime. We? Jacob Hall. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. DK Metcalf had a big game that game. He did. That's right. That was one of his first big games. Yep. Yep. It um, was close, though. It was very close. 
we lost it a couple years ago, and I just remember that was one of the most disappointing football games I've ever. Oh, had. you're right. It got like dunked on. It was like, what is happening? Bradley McDougald had a pick in that game, and then we signed him the next year. You're right. That is correct. Um, but anyways, like, I just think Carlos Hyde is Rude. Mm. I'd love to have him be our starter for a couple more years, maybe two more years. I don't know how many more years he has. As he's been around for quite some time. Yeah. Uh, but like I've said before, when I didn't know who he, like when I did know who he was, but I said everything wrong. We know him, like we've played him a good amount of times, and now we have him, and we know him even better because he's obviously on our team, and that's the best way to get to know a player. Um, I'd love to have him on our team for longer because he's a solid running back who yeah. can give you that Chris Carson juice for not the Chris Carson pay. Like, <laughs> I mean, you're not necessarily even playing for a Kmart Chris Carson because you're paying for a Chris Carson. Uh, it's like Coke and Pepsi. Right now we have Coke and Pepsi. Is that cool? Kinda. Do we need them both? No. Not necessarily. <laughs> not necessarily. Okay, Route B. Uh, full sell on Rashad Penny. Don't like it. It's it's not certain to me. Not ideal, because he might yeah. get hurt again, and that would suck, and we'd just be where we were when Thomas Rawls got hurt twice here in a row. It'd be, it'd be like running back purgatory. It's like, I forgot where we even got Chris Carson. Did we draft him? Yeah, he was seventh rounder out of Oklahoma State. He got injured in his first year against uh-huh. Green Bay. That sucked. So, um, I don't know if Rashad Penny's the future. I don't know if he's the truth. He could be. We'll see. I, I, you know what's funny? I still have him as a will see. Chris Collinsworth and so much of the other sports media, not Chris Collinsworth, uh, Colin Coward, um, oh. they've written him off as a bust. We don't know that. He could be yeah, fantastic. I mean... Marshawn Lynch was stuck in purgatory for three years before he busted up. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... Out in we Buffalo. We could still have a guy in Rashad Penny at least for a couple years. I just hate that, you know... Because what? He played... He played like six games for us total. Honestly. Yeah, so I mean, come on. Like, a guy like Malik McDowell, fuck that guy. You know? Sure. You know, because he... Yeah, bust. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Who else? Some, who else? <gasps> ah, what's his first name? Curry. Linebacker. Aaron Curry. Yeah, that guy's a bust. What a bust. He was part of the coaching staff here at one point. Ryan Bosworth, if you want to go uh, well... Bosworth had some years. He just... Uh, but Bo said no. Uh, and then they showed that. I don't know. Going back... I don't know. <laughs> Why did they show that? Hold on. That was so dumb. Because it was a Monday night thing, but... I, I think it was also because it's like Bo's birthday today. Oh, yeah. Anything for Bo. You don't know Bo. Um... It's just... <sighs> yeah. What a... I, what... I think... I just like... I think it was such a... It's just it's so dumb to write him off already just yeah. because he's been out for so long. I think we could still have something in him. We'll see. Uh, third route. Let's just say uh, with the rest of the guys we have. Um, DJ Dallas and uh, Travis Homer. Travis Homer, not so high on him. He kind of sucks. I don't like him. I, I know I like just throw around the he kind of sucks a lot, but <laughs> hey, Travis Homer has one of the worst yard carries on the team. Um, he also can't catch. He also is only good at blocking. So, hey, why do we have him? <laughs> we have a fullback. We have Nick Ballore. Why do we have this guy? Why do we have him? We don't, we don't need him. Uh, DJ Dallas, on the other hand, has shown that he can catch that ball and run for, for 13 yards plus. 
Uh, he's good out of the backfield. I wouldn't mind him as a change of pace back. Don't want him as my starter or uh, backup necessarily. Um, good third down back. Maybe a Rashard Turbin role. Maybe a Kristen Michael role. Wouldn't mind it. God, those guys. Um, weren't the best, but hey, they could go in there and get a first down for us on the occasion. Um, then the fourth route really is waiting for the free agency and seeing who comes Maybe out of that draft. You know, yeah. just I would hate to draft another running back. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't like it. You know, it's. Hey, and maybe we uh, there's some there's a couple good running backs. Hey, and I'm not even just talking about Miles here. There's a couple of good running backs hanging out in Miami, <sighs> who are just like I don't know why they have so many good running backs there. I mean, they haven't been great this year, but that could just because Miami. I mean, they're seven and four. Don't get me wrong, they're well, they played pretty solid. It's just Miles uh-huh. got put on IR, and Savon was playing well, and then he got injured too. But like, hey, why do you have so many running? We got Jordan Howard, Matt Brady, Miles Gaskin, uh, Savon Med now. Um, I don't know. I don't know what their deal is with. Damn, so many running backs. Give us one, please. Yeah. <laughs> they probably don't want to give away Miles. I think Miles might actually be their future running back, which is, I mean, should be pretty damn cool. Pretty fantastic for Miles. Uh, but Jordan Howard could see him in a jersey and a Seahawks jersey. He got cut. Shit, we could get him. I don't know if he's with anybody right now. I don't think he is. Go get him. He's not that good, but we could use him. No, we couldn't. We have too many. It's right just, now. Uh, but um, like, oh wait, no, the Eagles signed him back. Oopsie. Oh no. <laughs> you guys, he's a practice. He's only twenty six. Um, but like, I don't know. That's kind of a joke more than anything. But like, Matt Breda's not bad, and there's a lot of other running backs out there who will be on free agency next year. Who Let's are worth take a look, look at. I even... just, uh, I really hope that Chris yeah. doesn't get stuck on wanting such a big contract because I, I you, and know... you know what? Where's he going to go? He's probably going to go to like, I, I don't think we should sign him for another. That's the thing. What teams are going to want to fork over that Dalvin team. Cook money when a team is like, hey, we know you've been injured, but hey, take this much guaranteed. You know, I don't think any. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be the same thing they have with Le'Veon Bell, in my opinion. Honestly, I think Kenyon Drake, Todd Gurley, Tevin Coleman, James White, Mike Davis. Oh God, this is kind God. Of I love Kenyon Drake. Holy crap! Leonard Fournette. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, Leonard Fournette slowed down like crazy. Le'Veon Bell. Do you remember how good? Do you remember how good Fournette was like last year? He did kind of fall off. I don't know. That Jaguars organization is kind of an interesting organization. What's Mark Ingram up to? He had COVID. That's it? I think I think he's got I think they've locked him in for a little bit. Dang it. I like but, him too. Big trust. Uh <laughs> but like I just think like the free agency is a good place to look. And the Seahawks also sometimes fleece with trades. I could see us giving away somebody for a good running back. Um, it'll be I, really interesting come off season to see like, what happens. Fleece the Bengals. Let's get like Joe Mixon <laughs> for like Trey Flowers or something. Oh, or Trey Garbo today. I still want to hold on to Trey, but I don't know. I okay. Honestly, if it makes you feel any better, I think he'll be with our team for another year. 
Probably. There's like, I don't know. We have this weird Because the size is there. The size and the speed exactly. is there. It's I was just... about to say, we have this weird sentimentality for mediocre corners that we keep, like Byron Maxwell, we kept around. Thank God they got rid of Kerry Williams after one year, though. That was... God, I hated Kerry. Oh, my God. That was such a bad year. 26. Yeah. What a bad number for a corner anyways. Because he got that opening week against the Rams in St. Louis back when they were the St. Louis Rams. Ha <laughs> Losers. Um... And he came on a blitz against Goff. I think it was Goff. Well, no. Was he? I don't remember. He came... No, it was Nick Foles in that game. That's right. He came off the, the edge and got a strip sack, and he returned it for a touchdown. But then he just was terrible. He had a terrible reputation uh, with Philadelphia. <laughs> that was a flashback. Yeah, that was. But, See, I can uh... remember this, but I can't remember some of the things I learned in college. But, uh, you know, it's. Like I said, it'll be really interesting to see what happens come play, come uh, off season time. Hopefully, after this team has won a championship, um, we'll see. Yeah, and to see if he says, "Hey, I want so and so money," or if he says, "Hey, I like playing with you guys," or maybe he tests the waters and he realizes, "Hey, maybe they don't want to give me this much money." Honestly, out here. if we win the Super Bowl or if we even win the NFC Championship, he'll probably I could see him staying with us. If he wants to ring hunt a little bit, I mean it's 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 cool because I drafted him in the seventh round, you know, and I really like it. And he's a guy that I and would he, love to see him going going in the future. You know, Carlos self running back. It's so weird that I just don't paint him as like a local legend as much as I paint. Steve. No, no, I agree with that. I don't really think about guys like yeah, guys that in Seattle history or even the team right now, like DK Metcalf. I'll remember that guy forever. Puna Ford, I'll remember forever. But I might just. Be uh, Puna, we, on this podcast, we love Puna Ford. Yeah, I love Puna. Uh, uh, like, yeah, I don't particularly. <laughs> but... it, no, yeah, you're right. When I think about these guys, I don't really think, "Hey, Chris Carson, I remember you forever." You know, no, not really, not yet, at least. You know, like he's not Sean Alexander or Marshawn Lynch. I like Marshawn better, but no, yeah, those two guys—they kind of there. You know, uh... it's more of a—I can't even think of another Seattle running back. That's crazy. Uh, uh, Kurt Warner, right? Waters, those are guys I can remember at least. But Kurt Warner, I always forget because of the obvious. I met him. Ah, uh, yeah. Everybody's like, "Hey, what Kurt Warner?" Anyway, yeah, exactly. I'm like, hold on. Um, but no, like to Bennett's point, I agree with that. You know, it's I don't really go down and think this is a guy I need on my my franchise. He's someone. Oops. Who needs to be what it's just it's tough because I like him, but I'm not sold on the money whatsoever, and I'm not necessarily sold on you know just dying for this guy. And so, I want to get back to one more thing. I know we're running really long this episode. We've, we've been talking about Chris Carson for a while <laughs> about running backs. <laughs> well, I, I want to transition quickly over to just the other guys we said that should get paid. Um, this game to me also proved further that we should pay Carlos Dunlap and. Uh, Jamal Adams. I know Carlos Dunlap, new addition to the team, um, and we weren't completely sold on him at least last week. I mean, last week he had that sack against Kyler Murray. Thank goodness that was pretty cool of him. Um, but you know we got Carlos Dunlap half sack today. I think he shared that with Jaron Reed, um, and then who who did get injured? I don't know the report on that yet. That's the bad thing about us doing a podcast like two hours after the game ends. We don't have the injury reports quite yet. And I was trying to see because I thought I read that um, something about 
Carlos, which I'm hoping isn't anything serious. Uh, but you got Carlos Dunlap. You got J- uh, Jamal Adams. I mean, heck. Those yeah. are big additions that really, they, as to Bennett's point, they need to be extended and they yeah. should be priorities. Keep them. Because, I mean, as, as Bennett kind of alluded to, and we don't pay running backs in this house, uh, I would I would rather pay those guys on the defensive side of the ball than a running back that big money. I would I would kind of rather have Jamal Adams have that money than Chris. I, I hope he doesn't hate me. I really hope. I'm sorry, Chris. I highly doubt you're listening to this, but, you know. I mean, okay, yeah, and just on the off chance that he is, he is, like, a central part of our offense. Oh, yeah, no. Actually, one of my favorite players just because, like, He's been with us for a while, so that will instantly get you points for me liking you. Um, oh, shoot. We got to do MVPs. Oh, yeah. That's the next thing. All right. Then I'll shut up about Chris Carson. I love you, Christopher. <sighs> Take care, Chris. Um, anyway, we'll continue on from our running back segment. Uh, I don't I I had DK. That was just my thing. I mean, I feel like he was kind of the only guy. Obviously, Russell's the one giving him the ball, but I feel like he was the one who sort of made things move this game for me on the offensive side. That's great. I also got DK. <laughs> wow. No one would have thought that. And then uh, on the defense, I, I I was talking about him earlier, and I'm just going to go with Jamal. I mean, he was kind of all over the field. Um, <laughs> Jamal. <laughs> you know, not, no, no crazy picks from us. Uh, we would have had our friend Omari. Omari will join us next week. Uh, hopefully. Hopefully. Injury news, I don't have anything yet. I mean, this is a really rapid turnaround. We record these things on Mondays, and the game happened about three hours ago or so. Yeah. Nothing quite yet. I can tell you that Jordan Brooks just ended all of Philadelphia by saying their cheesesteaks are overrated. Yeah, so Jordan Brooks does not like Philadelphia. <laughs> Philadelphia's on the injury list. <laughs> yeah, I think all of Philly is at this point. Um, oh, boy coronavirus part of the podcast jeez oh, dude what a mess over there dude. yeah we have a big mess well, the nfl does on wednesday let's just start it off on wednesday it was announced that the steelers versus ravens game that was slated for the night slot on thanksgiving was being moved over to sunday due to covid19 concerns uh two of their running backs had tested positive jk dobbins and mark ingram on thursday it was announced that their star quarterback lamar jackson had tested positive for covid19 after that, the NFL tentatively moved the game to Tuesday night, uh, which the Titans and Bills had played on Tuesday night prior in the, uh, in the season. Uh, on Saturday, Steelers running back and cancer survivor James Conner tested positive for COVID-19. The Steelers were bracing for more additional positives after they had added three players on the reserve slash COVID-19 list on Friday. Uh, Saturday also saw the Ravens place six additional players on the reserve slash COVID-19 list, bringing their total up to 10, 18 in six days. And I didn't mention this, but the entire quarterback room for the Broncos tested positive for COVID-19. That was um, So on Sunday, they had to start practice squad wide receiver Kendall Hinton, who had played quarterback in college. and Not even his entire college career either. No, and he quite literally... I, I tell you this, they gave him like, I think they gave him a day to prep. And yeah, he had been you, really selling, can't, you really can't judge the man. He had, you know, it's just really difficult to see that. So, I mean, I, I saw a lot of it on Twitter. A lot of the Saints players were, you know, were praising him because, I mean, that's a really tough position to go and be in. 
Absolutely. And so, I mean, like, you see Latavius Murray, like, just destroy that team for 125 yards. Um, which see- is surprising because they had Alvin Kamara was in that game. So that I is, Okay, that's another crazy two-headed monster that, like... Yeah, they have a really good holy crap. running back stable. Um, and then you look at, like, Taysom Hill, who's not, like, a great quarterback, but he's a pretty good runner. Uh, mm. So, like... Broncos really stood no chance, but you gotta you gotta give props to Hinton for going out there and playing. Oh, yeah. the game. It's just really interesting that the NFL let them play that game. Yeah, so I'm actually hearing a lot about that, um, and I know that we don't necessarily talk about how much we hate the NFL on this podcast, but I I hate uh, Roger Goodell. Yeah, what a terrible decision by Goodell. That is such a obviously he still money. hasn't uh, let Josh Gordon play. <clears throat> <clears throat> but that's such an obvious money over it was so weak yeah 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 yeah. oh yeah um and then like and then to postpone the steelers ravens game while not postponing this game is just such a show of like favoritism of teams uh what you're valuing over what you're not valuing and you can't claim player safety no. when you're forcing a guy to basically come off up the street he was like a salesman. Oh yeah, he was a, he was doing car sales, I think. And then go out there and play NFL football uh, with like a day's notice. So like, pretty ridiculous. Pretty ridiculous. I'll never forget it. But also, and they, I mean, they pushed it back three times. At what point? Because it's, I mean, it's 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 the Ravens did a bad. Roger Goodell, make the Ravens forfeit the game. <sighs> they they've done such a crappy job. It wasn't until recently that the Steelers had to have their positive test start coming out, but. Uh, make the Ravens forfeit the game. They're the ones who forced to get postponed in the first place, and the Steelers are getting punished for something they didn't do. Because it's it's ridiculous too. Because I see people; they're mainly like media people, and I'm sure they have to kind of say it. But the people are like, oh, praise the NFL for their quick work. No, they just keep moving the game back. That's not really doing much. You Cancel know. it. Cancel it or add extra weeks. So you know. The NFL then announced on uh, that the all-in-person activities were to be halted on Monday and Tuesday amidst the case rise and Wednesday, considering that the game... Oh, I, I spoiled it. Uh, not including the teams that were playing on those days. Uh, on Saturday, uh, the Niners got in some trouble when it was revealed that uh, due to the Santa Clara ban on contact sports, they would not be able to play in their home stadium for at least three weeks. Uh, the Niners have two home games in that three-week stretch, and they will be playing in the Arizona State Farm Field, which is uh, bad memories for Seahawks fans. Worst field in the NFL. So that's uh, it's not yeah. sure how long that they'll be away from their home of Santa Clara, and I will not call them San Francisco because they're not in San Francisco. Uh, on Sunday, the Saints were hit with a loss of a seventh-round pick and fined 500k for not wearing masks during their post-game celebration and their defeat of the, uh, I almost said New England, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, <laughs> and then on Monday, prior to the Seahawks game, the NFL would again push the Steelers versus Ravens game back to Wednesday at 3.40 Eastern time. 3.40 Eastern time only because Rockefeller Center is very stubborn and they want to light their tree uh, at 5 o'clock. So. Uh, yeah, just a mess. I mean, it really was, but it, it, it's interesting to me because now you wonder, I mean, is it, is it the NFL's fault for their protocols, uh, and these continued outbreaks or the players? And personally, I don't really think, I think the protocols are fine. Um, I just, I, I, I think 
from so the story that I read about Drew Locke and the uh, Broncos was that the Bron- the quarterback room wanted to go study film, but they didn't wear masks. I'm like, okay, that's the issue. You didn't wear masks, you know. So, because uh, his Drew Locke's mom came out and issued that statement, uh, oh, everybody talking down on him. You didn't wear a mask, you know. That's the issue. So, I mean, yeah, I think. Would would you say that the NFL is handling this poorly? Because I would. I think I think they do a bad job, and they kind of show favoritism towards these games getting postponed, um, or you know the things that are happening with like the Ravens. You know, it's just to me, it's kind of ridiculous how 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 some of these games have been handled. I absolutely agree. I think that, I mean, on, on, to one degree, it might be the players' fault, you know? But I think I said this before. The league is not setting them up for success. I said this probably in, like, the second episode I did with you. So what would that be, 29, 27? Um, mm-hmm. But I was like, I think my, my same point was, you look at the NBA, they set their players up for so much success. They have the tip line, which, eh, varying degrees of success. Um, but they had the bubble, which worked fantastically. They had maybe, I don't even think they had more than 10 cases. Um, I don't even know if they had more than five. For yeah, and even if they did, they were, you know, they, they, they had to either leave or yeah, the people had to, you know, they, they, right. they, did, they did a really good job. Um, MLB actually did, uh, I mean, an admiral job. They could have done better. NHL did fantastically. Why the hell is the NFL doing so bad? Because the league is putting money in front of the players by refusing to flex the schedule at all. Yeah. Um, and they're just they're it's a complete fool's errand if you're not going to increase the restrictions. You're placing you're okay. It is some of the stupidest things I've ever heard. All you're saying is, ooh, if we catch you, if we catch you, if we catch you, that's the operative. If um, we'll punish you okay but they have to catch you first uh the saints got nailed for their celebration in a locker room without masks i bet you dimes to donuts they did that every single week yeah before they got caught they're not doing anything to restrict these teams so like the nfl yeah or the players yeah they're making some silly decisions also, they're, like, maybe three years older than us, so they're also, like, you know, basically people a few years re- removed from college, so they're still yeah. going to make the best decisions. They're adults, sure, but they're stupid adults. Um, not because they're NFL players, but because they're 25. Uh, they're going to be making some mistakes. So the league should put them in a position where they can't make mistakes. A bubble would be fantastic. I think that'd solve all our issues. Because then you can make dumb decisions, but at least you're safe. Like, I would hope that would come during the playoffs. Because right now, I guess it's kind of, you know, I know it's kind of hard. But playoffs, I, I, I don't see why not. I don't see what the excuse would be there. My One of my favorite things from the NBA bubble is they had, uh, Damian Lillard had a birthday party, so they had a big stupid birthday party for him, but they were all quarantined, so they, none of them got sick. Uh, and they just had a stupid birthday party for Damian Lillard that was funny and cute and team building. Can't do that in the NFL right now. Right? Because if you did that, you get found out, you get nailed, and your team would lose a draft pick. 
So the NFL needs to set up their players for success. And so you never have something like the Broncos game to come up. Because, hey, that was some of the stupidest hour of football I've ever watched. Oh, God. You watched that? I watched part of it. I watched the first half of my telephone. Absolutely ridiculous. God, that must have been terrible. The QB play in that game. Hey, 10 completed passes total. Uh, And nine of those were from Taysom Hill. Jeez. So... I don't know why the NFL let that game go on. Don't know why they're postponing this other game so much. And, I mean, I do know it's because it's money, and those that those are two pretty big market teams that they have to cancel a game for. Yep. Um, so it's ridiculous. It's favoritism. I think the NFL is floundering. Uh, sooner than later, hey, we're honestly holding our breath for something like the Broncos game to happen again, uh, but then all of a sudden you have none of your starters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Because who, who who tested? Was it Ripien who got? All of them. Uh, yeah, but I forgot who the actual positive test was for. I think it was Drew Locke. I think. No kidding. So that happens, and then all the other stuff happens. What happens if, like, that happens in your wide receiver room, your quarterback room, and your running back room? Because those are pretty guys who are pretty connected. Yep. Then you're playing with, like, no team. You just, what, call up all your practice squad? No. And even then, the practice squad, you know, it's like how many of those guys for each position, you know? And, like, yeah, even then, then maybe you're, like, starting with two wide receivers. Okay, so we don't run anything with a slot? Awesome. It's just, it is such a dumb move by the NFL. And, hey, listen, I'm going to get off my soapbox in just a second here. I love watching football. Could I spend two weeks not watching football while they get their stuff together? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Why not cancel two weeks of football and get a bubble together so you don't have any more people risking their lives and their families' lives, quite frankly, uh, to play a game? I know there's a lot of money in the game, but at the end of the day, it is a game. It's a lifestyle and a job, don't get me wrong, but it, it is ridiculous that we're placing a capital on entertainment over people's lives, and I'd love it if we could figure out a better way to do it. The NBA did it. It was a perfectly entertaining season. But, you know, you have owners like Jerry Jones who are going to throw a fit and holler about not having fans there. It's just, ugh, it's, it's, it's quite honestly one of the more irritating things about this season. Um, one of the more irritating things about this year, it is upsetting, and it's just, you, you got to change the regulations. So I think, yeah, just to spend this last five minutes talking straight, um, 100% league's fault, honestly. The players will be independent, but that's because you're letting them have too much independence. I know that sounds bad, but you got to set them up to succeed. Oh, yeah. No, and I mean, it's kind of hard right now when everybody's playing, but I think, I think, you know, to Bennett's point, eh, I don't see why not. I really don't see why not. So the team sits at eight and three, uh, and they now have sole possession of first in the NFC West. They're the second seed. In the NFC, uh, I don't know why they have higher priority over the Packers, but I'm not going to complain. Nope. Um, and their next game is against the Giants at home at 1.05 p.m. Uh, Daniel Jones, as we talked about, I don't know why it sounds so easily, uh, is expected to miss time with a hamstring strain. So he, uh, Colt McCoy is most likely who we're going to see. Uh, they're coming off a win against Cincinnati, but Cincinnati has Ryan Finley at quarterback. So, I mean, it, so it's, uh, you know, it's just really something you hope they don't play down to someone's level again. Uh, and that, that's, that's our Seahawks for this week. 
Um, Mariners don't have anything. Sounders. Uh, last Tuesday, they beat LAFC three to one. Nico Ladero, Raul Rui Diaz, and Jordan Morris all scored. Uh, Raul Rui Diaz had two assists in that game, along with the goal. And Nico and Jordan both had an assist each. So basically, those three guys all added to the MLS all eleven. Basically, did all the heavy lifting. Uh, goalkeeper Stefan Fry had a PK save in the first half, which was really crucial. Uh, you know, early in the first half could have really kind of jump-started momentum for LAFC. Just didn't get going. Uh, LAFC really struggled against us this year. I believe they lost three times to us this season in total. So, haha, go home and suck. Um, just really interesting. Raul Diaz uh, has eight goals and six assists in the MLS playoffs uh, in the last three years or so. And it's, I mean, he's a, he's a big-time performer. So it's just uh, – it's really cool watching Raul play every week. Well, every game. Um, and they will now go on to host FC Dallas at Tuesday. Tonight. So hmm? – Tonight in terms of when this podcast will be out, right? Yeah. Uh, tonight, if you're listening on Tuesday, it will happen at 6.30 p.m. Pacific time. So big game, uh, another Tuesday game. And uh, – we're at the final four in the West here. So this, uh, you know, Sounders win. They're in the Western Conference final. Um, hey, talk about a certain certain Rainier Beach alumni. I don't want to mention that. <laughs> Seattle's not happy about Nate Robinson right now. If you know, you know. God. And you must I'm really, know. really glad I didn't pay for that. God, I'm so glad I didn't pay for that either. It sounded like such a cluster, but anyways, that's I just watched on. I just followed this stuff on Twitter. Um, nothing Storm, nothing Kraken related, nothing Dragons related. Those are probably going to be those last two will be next year. Uh, but the Huskies uh, beat. Ooh, I won't say score yet. Uh, first quarter in the first quarter, the Huskies versus Utah Utes game. The Utes had the only score of the opening quarter with Jake Bentley scrambling for a seven-yard touchdown from the quarterback position. In the second quarter, it would be all Utes again, with Utah adding a Devin Brumfield two-yard run and a Brian Thompson 13-yard reception from Jake Bentley to give Utah a 21 to nothing lead going into the half. Uh, just ugly. Team didn't look prepared. Uh, Dylan Morris kind of struggled this game for the most part. Uh, going into the third quarter, the Huskies would finally stop the unanswered streak when Kamari Pleasant would score from two yards out to narrow the deficit to 14 points. Peyton Henry would add a field goal of 721 in the third. And Kate Otten would add a 21-yard touchdown reception to end the quarter with Utah's lead, narrowing down to only four points at 21 to 17. In the fourth quarter, the only score of the fourth quarter would come with 36 seconds left in the game with Kate Otten again with another monster game this week, uh, catching a 16-yard touchdown pass. And the Huskies' defense would hold to give them the win, 24-21. to 21. It was the fifth time in school history that Washington has rallied from a deficit of 21 or more points to win, and the first time since 1989 when the Huskies traded UCLA uh, 21 to nothing and rallied for a 28-27 to 27 win. Uh, Dylan Morris would lead in passing, obviously, as he's, starting, as he's the starting quarterback, with 23 completions on 38 attempts, 272 yards, two touchdowns, and three interceptions. No bueno. Uh, Sean McGrew would lead rushing with seven attempts on 36 yards, no touchdowns, and uh, Kate Otten again over 100 yards with eight catches, 108 yards, and two touchdowns. They sit at 3-0 and first in the Pac-12 North due to a little fact I will say here in a second. 
but after both Utah and UW had their games canceled due to COVID, the Pac-12 scheduled their game uh, as it was, you know, both teams had their game canceled, so it made the most sense, I guess. Uh, probably why Utah didn't want to play – I mean, pardon me, BYU, because they figured that the Pac-12 would schedule it, but it's more fun to kind of say that BYU chickened out. Uh, Oregon State would beat Oregon 41-38, to scoring their touchdown in the final 33 seconds of their game on Friday. Oh, wait, field goal, pardon me, to give the Ducks their first loss of the season and to open the door for the Huskies to take first place in the Pac-12 North. Uh, and then a really cool piece of history, at least to me, uh, Sarah Fuller of Vanderbilt would become the first woman to play in a Power Ooh. 5 football game. Uh, she kicked a squib kick and then made history by doing so. And I'm just going to take the second to say, if you're hating on this woman, I don't know why. Do you have something better to do? Like yeah. she, played, she played more football than you probably ever will at that level. You know, and she won soccer in the same season as the football season. So I don't, you know, it's really weird to see those posts about her and what she did. And let's go in the comment section. It's just like, it's disgusting. It's like, why do you care? Yeah, it's, it's like, it's, bro, I, that's one of the things I hate the most about the sports like fandom. As a yeah, whole. no, I mean, in football, especially. Uh, oh yeah. And it's just so, it's so obnoxious because like, Nah, these guys are <laughs> these guys. A accepted her on the team as if it mattered because it doesn't because she's a part of the team no matter what if they accept her or not. Uh, and she's playing college football. That's the highest. Le- that's like the highest level most people get to. Yeah, and that's not even most people because the highest level most people get to is high school. So it's like. She's playing more snaps of football at this level, like you said, than you ever will. Not you particularly, but, like, the commenters. Um, I don't know if you're still going for that kicking job at UW. That'd be nice. But it's just, it's irritating. Yeah, I'm 100% on board with you. Those comment sections are disgusting. It's just, bottom line, just please stop being so insecure. Go and go, you go, go try kick a football. We'll see how you do. Um... So, yeah, so props to her. I mean, she's playing on a bad Vanderbilt team, so kicking a squib kick against a top-ranked special teams unit isn't a bad thing. If you pay attention at all to football and stop drinking your seventh beer in the morning, you might notice that, but regardless. uh, In the late – huh? I was just saying, oh, she only kicked it so far. Bruh, it was a squib kick. Yeah, I mean, I don't think she was – if she was trying to kick it deep, it would have gone straight. It wouldn't have gone to that corner of the – you know – People, casual fans, it's okay. They they don't, you know. And in the latest AP poll rankings, the Huskies are ranked 23, so finally ranked again. Yay, somewhat relevant. Uh, the next game is on Saturday against Stanford at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, Stanford is not ranked. So, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to tell this season with the way things are going, you know. So it's uh, – I won't put too much stake in anything, but – uh, you know, you want to win every game. You don't really, you, as a, I forgot if it was Tony Dungy or I think it was Herm Edwards. You play to win the game. So, you know, Stanford, one o'clock at home. Uh, basketball, this is not exactly a fun score to report. The Huskies played number two Baylor in Las Vegas and would get trounced 86 to 52. The Huskies were out rebounded 48 to 15 in this game, allowing 
13 three-pointers. Raekwon battled at scoring in 10 points. Uh, Roberts led rebounds with five rebounds. And Raekwon battle led with three assists in the assist category. Not a good game. I mean, you're playing number two Baylor. So, I mean, it's, I'm you know, not the end of the world. But still not a good result. Um, I don't really have much news. I know that the Husky Classic was canceled, obviously. That's why they didn't play that those games and why they played Baylor down in Las Vegas uh, and T-Mobile Arena. Uh, and they'll play Tuesday, uh, 1 p.m. Pacific time versus UC Riverside. So, yay. At least the season's going. You know, as long as people are safe. My, my ideology is as long as these guys are safe and they follow the right protocols, I don't see why not. You know, so they will continue their season. They are 0-1, so hopefully that continues while well, that gets better. But, uh, yeah, that's all we got. Um, we will have a third friend to join us next week, hopefully. Get hyped! Had some things to take care of tonight, so wasn't able to really uh, be in check with what we had uh, going on, which, you know, no fault to anybody. We're all busy here. So that is it. Seahawks against... What I mean, New York. I was getting ahead of myself. New York on Sunday. Uh, Sounders play Tuesday. Uh, Huskies play Saturday. Well, basketball plays him. Team plays Tuesday. So that is it for me. Uh, Bennett, any anything? Uh, yeah. Check out the other podcast. Uh, yep. I've got a bad feeling about this. It'll be out uh, probably Thursday this week again. So more Mandalorian. If you care about Star Wars whatsoever, uh, rest in peace to David Prowse. Oh, kind of yeah. to see him go. Um, so yeah, if, if you're about sports and about Star Wars, or if you listen to this just to be nice to me and you like Star Wars, then go check that out. And, uh, that's it. Right, we will see you all. See you all. Yeah, that's right. See you all yeah. next week. Boop, boop. Baba boo.